0: Welcome to Non Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on The Pod, a truly long-awaited show that I'm very excited for. We have Jason Kander, president of National Expansion at the Veterans Community Project and the host of the Majority 54 podcast, author of Invisible Storm, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Jason, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Oh my God. such a pleasure. Are you ready to dive in?
1: I am prepared. Yes, I think.
0: I think <laughs> we'll find out. This episode of Non Technical is brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Hell yeah, you heard that right. It's a summer bets blockbuster, baby. The return of Bets Recruiting. Two bets, two furious. Tagline This time, all bets are on. <laughs> I'm so happy to have Vets Recruiting back as a sponsor of Non-Technical. Not only is Vets Recruiting the only recruiting firm by recruiters for recruiters, but they've been trusted for more than a decade to build out sales, marketing, and customer success teams. More than a decade. Name one company that's been around for more than a decade. That's right, it's Bet's Recruiting. In that time, Vets has partnered with thousands of tech companies, helped build 30 plus unicorns, and supported tens of thousands of people along their career trajectory. If you're hiring go-to-market talent or you are go-to-market talent, check out BettsRecruiting.com slash non-technical. I bet you won't be disappointed. bets you can have that catchphrase if you want. That one's on the house. A former army captain who served in Afghanistan, Jason Kander was elected to the Missouri State Legislature in 2008 and as Missouri Secretary of State in 2012 making him the first millennial ever elected to statewide office. In 2017, he founded Let America Vote, a national campaign against voter suppression. He served as a teaching fellow at the University of Chicago Institute of Politics and worked as a CNN commentator. Today, Jason is the president of National Expansion at Veterans Community Project, a nonprofit organization dedicated to fighting veteran suicide and veteran homelessness. He's also the host of Majority 54, one of the nation's most popular political podcasts. He sits on the boards of Giffords and Let America Vote and Citizens United, and he's the founder of Afghan Rescue Project. A graduate of American University and Georgetown Law School, he is the author of Outside the Wire, a New York Times bestseller, and Courage Is, a children's book he co-authored with his son. His next book, Invisible Storm, a soldier's memoir of politics and PTSD, will be published by HarperCollins on July 5th, 2022. Jason Kander, welcome to Non-Technical.
1: That is a fantastic intro. I feel great about myself. Thank you. Hell
0: yeah. Okay. We (laughs) love to hear it. Well, that's recorded now, so you can go ahead and play that every day.
1: I'm going to put it on my parents' fridge.
0: (laughs) Perfect. I love it. Jason, I'm so excited to have you. We know each other through what I think is a very hilarious way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we know each other through the holiday draft of the podcast. So our our friends Joe Poznanski and Michael Schur, who host a tremendous podcast that is ostensibly about sports, but is really just about (laughs) all sorts of things. I think this last year was your first year, my second. So it's like drafting holiday items with Michael Schur and Nick Offerman Mm -hmm. and people like that. Um, And it's just a fantastic time. And then you and I got in trouble after this last one because Mike decided that he would put up on the internet a poll as to who won the draft. Mm -hmm. And I being a recovering politician, I was like, oh, well, hell, I know what to do here. I I can win this. Uh So I go out to my followers and I'm like, hey, come on, vote for me. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm trying to bait Offerman and and he's like, dude, I'm above that. I'm not going to... But he's like, Nick Offerman, so he's gaining on me in the poll without yeah. campaigning, like an yeah. old, you know, politician of American tradition 200 years ago, like, too good to campaign, but exactly. still winning. Yes. And then, and I'm texting Mike and Joe, like, hey, I have the lead. When does this poll end? <laughs> I have evidence and screenshots of Mike being like, it ends when you are overtaken. And then you come in and you go to your followers and you're like, I need to beat Jason Kander. Yeah. And I'm holding you off for a while, but I just couldn't keep tweeting and posting about this thing. And eventually you overtake <laughs> me and they end the poll. And then they're like, this was a violation of the terms I of the know. agreement. I get suspended for three mm-hmm. months from the podcast. You get yep. a one month suspension, which is I basically did. just time served. Yes. And uh, and here we are.
0: And here we are. And yet still friends through it all.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, we're basically <laughs> co-conspirators.
0: Inadvertently. Yeah. Who knew? That was truly Incredible. That was like a truly hilarious, incredible situation that I adored every second of. I'd say like particularly the part where I won by a lot of votes, but yeah, I liked the whole journey fun. of getting there too.
1: <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed that part. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yes, and Joe Poznanski has previously been on non technical and he was another fabulous guest. And so I love when guests are either friends of friends or it's all kind of in the family.
1: hmm Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I it's funny, we record that thing you know, every year, but it really just feels like an annual holiday party. I go to like, cause you can so quickly forget that you're recording.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, being the person that I am, and I think I maybe told you all this, but maybe not. I went back and listened all of the past holiday drafts to prepare for <laughs> yeah, that.
1: That's amazing. <laughs>
0: I didn't know what to expect. I was like, all right, got to be on my A game here.
1: <laughs> well, you were, you were introducing new concepts, new like mm-hmm. standards of evaluation. <laughs> uh, I believe you created what became known as the whimsy yeah. scale for judging. Yeah, draft the whimsy picks utility of holiday matrix. Items. Yeah. Yes. The whimsy utility matrix. That, that was genius.
0: Thank you so much.
1: I wasn't that familiar with you before you mm-hmm. came on the podcast. And then afterwards I was like, this person is hilarious and oh so i went and i found your twitter and yeah. i found your instagram and then yeah. i showed it to my wife and now like i'd say at least once every few weeks we are like did you see that alexis gay oh tweet that's God. hilarious yeah we're like huge fans
0: that is one of the coolest things i've ever heard honestly that is yeah. so kind we of you thank text you text
1: them or dm them back and forth to each other <laughs> oh
0: my gosh oh god that is so incredible and of course it's such a mutual admiration society because before we started recording I was gushing about your book and how much I'm loving reading that which and I Diana's appreciate. contributions to it I'm particularly loving those
1: if you're gonna write a memoir and have first-person contributions from your spouse yeah you know it's always nice if they're also a New York Times best-selling author <laughs> that, that helps
0: you really got that going on up there Jason very smart
1: <laughs> I was really <laughs> thinking ahead when we got together at 17 right you know I That's was like she doesn't realize that I'm about to mm-hmm. way out kick my cover yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, sign here.
0: To use the probably the only sport metaphor that I'm familiar with, that was really skating to where the puck is going.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: Ooh, good,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I'm not a hockey guy, so I wouldn't have come up with that. Nice. That's good.
0: Got it. I'm truly happy to have you here, and I want to start with this. How did you spend your last day off?
1: Okay, last real chance I had to feel something. I remember feeling like a day off was Father's Day, not that long Amazing. ago. Yeah, I went to the batting cages. Really? You'll get to this part of the book later. (laughs) In addition to coaching my son's little league team, I also play on an over 30 overly serious wood bat men's baseball oh team God. like not softball but like we played baseball wow. like, and it's a lot of like like i was a good ball player uh, sure. in high school but like i didn't go beyond that i went, ended up going to a college with no baseball team which i <laughs> look back i'm like oh maybe i should have tried that but i play in this league where it's like a lot of former pros and former college players oh my so God. i'm always working really hard to compete that's my idea of a good time i, I go to the cages and like work on my swing. And when I'm not doing that, I think about my swing and I oh take fly balls and you yep. know, cause I'm a center fielder. And yeah. So when I have a day off, I play baseball and I, I guess I'm getting a lot of time off because I play baseball about three nights a week. Anyway, it's like wow. a very serious league.
0: Is it a league where you play games against other teams?
1: It's actually a national league called the men's adult baseball league that people don't realize exists, I have no uh, but idea. it's just a bunch of us you know i'm 41 so a bunch of guys who are past their prime but unwilling to admit it okay <laughs> you know we joke that like what most guys do at our age is like they play golf yeah and we're like no let's play something where we're probably going to get hurt yeah. really often
0: like almost yeah <laughs> almost certainly
1: yeah. So as far as like pregame routine, I stretch, like I'm 41. Really? You know, I bring my foam roller with me. I, I foam it. roll before the mm-hmm. game. Some guys have one of those guns, those theraguns. vibrating, you know, their guns. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, it's a lot of like stretching and running and, and my whole game age adjusted. I'm fast. So, you know, like. My game is like, let's make sure I'm going to be able to full out sprint without pulling a hamstring because like okay. I'm smart. It's the best, man. I'm 41 years old and I'm out there stealing bases with my son watching and it's there's nothing like it.
0: That sounds like a really great feeling. Does your son play as well?
1: Yeah, he's a little baseball monster. We're Jewish, but I'd say okay. baseball is as much a family religion. <laughs> like it's just my grandpa was my dad's little league coach. My dad was mine. Oh wow! I'm my son's little league coach, and um, and he's yeah, he's pretty good. You know, it's also cool because like now he's got the baseball bug. It's not just like yeah, dad wants me to be a baseball player. It's like mm-hmm. he just loves it. So it's fun for us to do it together. He's he'll be nine uh, in September.
0: Do you have a first baseball memory?
1: Uh, yeah, I, sure. So my first playing baseball memory is coach pitch, you know, and you're really young. We were on a little team called the rookies and we Aww, we had cute, so cute little t-shirts that said the rookies. And, uh, and I remember being there and being on the team with one of my best buddies and my dad being like, okay, if everybody tries to get the ball at once, it's hard to get the guy out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's, that's my first baseball memory my first watching baseball memory is more i think funny which is so my son wears number five because george brett is like a legend in kansas city wore number five for the royals and and growing up like that was i mean like george brett was what like patrick mahomes is now right so like i remember going to my first game and back then when the royals were just terrible. You could buy a seat anywhere. And by the seventh inning, like you could sit with your feet on the dugout, right? Cause nobody cared. And oh, wow. uh, the game ends, <laughs> the, we're like in the, one of the last innings and I go and I could stand right next to the on deck circle and George Brett was on deck. And I okay. remember having this thought of like, if I yell loud enough and he turns and looks at me, then like my life and George Brett's lives will intersect yes <laughs> you know yes. and so i was like george and i yelled like as if i knew him right yeah and he turned and looked at me and i and then i was like oh shit what do i do yeah what's next <laughs> <laughs> but i remember leaving and being like george brett saw me
0: wow <laughs> you know? yeah for that one moment where he turned around both of your lives like fused for a second you know
1: yeah. and i was like seven or eight but i was like spiritually we have a connection you know so yes
0: Wow. Baseball's pretty deeply
1: rooted in the Candor family. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> I can see that. That's wonderful. Is there a song that whenever you hear it totally takes you back in time?
1: Yes. Uh, I'll give you a couple. Yeah. They are both by a guy named Robert Earl Keane, that most people listening will not know, but should know. Robert okay. Earl Keane is a like a red dirt genre country guy. Okay. Um, And he has just all these incredible songs, you know. I'm from the middle of the country, so like, like I like country. I like all music, but I like country music. And uh, Robert O'Keefe has a song uh, called "Dreadful Selfish Crime," and it's kind of a drinking song. And it takes me back to college, you know. Like a lot of people, the whole song is about how like everybody's moved away, and like I'm still here, and Mm -hmm. this is what I do. There's a part in it where he says, I am guilty of a dreadful, selfish crime. I have wasted all my precious time. It's just such a great lyric. And it just takes me back to like, you know, college and just wasting time. Right. Yeah. The other one is my favorite song of all time, which is a Robert O'Keefe song called I'm Coming Home. And Mm. that's really just because I have spent a lot of my life just trying to get back to Kansas City, you know, whether I was deployed or, um, you know, running for office or holding office or whatever. I just feel like I've spent so much of my life just trying to get back to my family. And now I spend most of my time with my family. And so with, my son knows all the words to it and we sing it and that kind of stuff. So
0: that's so nice. So something else to pass down in addition to baseball.
1: Yeah, that's right. Robert O'Keefe <laughs> and baseball. That's Robert O'Keefe. <laughs> pretty much that's fatherhood. You know, that's what you do. Yeah,
0: seriously. I'm like, I think that's on a Hallmark card for Father's Day. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right.
0: What's the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? Like something inconsequential that you would just really go to bat for.
1: Oh, I'll give you one. <laughs> Sharks are dinosaurs <gasps> and swimming in the ocean makes no sense. Right? Really? They've been around since the dinosaurs. If someone were to point out a, a tree line to you, a forest yeah, in a park and say, there are velociraptors in that forest, you'd be like, well, I'm obviously not going in the forest.
0: That's so true. <laughs>
1: And yet we swim in the ocean. We
0: do swim in the ocean with the dinosaur sharks.
1: There's dinosaurs in the, o- like, let them have the ocean. <laughs> let them have it. It's theirs. We have yeah, all this great earned stuff. they
0: at this point.
1: Yeah, sharks are dinosaurs I don't get in the ocean.
0: So where does that come from? Did you?
1: Common sense, Alexis. It comes from common <laughs> sense and a basic understanding of the food chain. Okay. No, I've okay. had no shark encounter because I do you, not you don't go- get in the ocean. <laughs> I don't think this is a PTSD thing. I don't like not being able to see what's underneath me. And like,
0: No, I think a lot of people feel that way, actually.
1: I, I don't know. I grew up on the lake of the Ozarks a lot of mm-hmm. the time and I, I can swim there because all they got is like water moccasins and big old catfish so i feel like that's okay
0: i am actually like as bothered by the idea of a giant catfish as i am by like the far off sort of more theoretical potential of a shark because catfish have those big mouths right yeah like a million teeth and they're just ovals
1: yeah, no, they're, I they're freaky. I I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I try not to think about them being there. Yeah. But I'm, you know, 5'11", 160. Like, I think I'm, I'm hard for them to swallow. Whereas, like, a shark, like, Ugh. I'm an appetizer.
0: But they're so slimy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fair. I mean, like. You know, they're good eating, though.
0: Yeah, they are good. I grew up in Connecticut where we have lovely little lakes, nothing like the lake in the Ozarks, but I've never been really super keen on the idea of like fish brushing up against me. And so I don't know that I could get over the catfish potential.
1: It's fair. I've had fish brush up against you. If their gills get you just right, it'll catch you. It's Mm -mm. no good.
0: Not, Not a fan.
1: I think what we're settling on is swimming pools are the way to go.
0: And I think that that is a take that I can stand behind. And also hot tubs. Very small, warm. Sure. Love yeah. that.
1: You know, I'll even get in a big hot tub, a big- but, you know. Like, <laughs>
0: You're so brave. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, look, I'm a soldier, Alexis.
0: You're a soldier. That's right.
1: I do the things that need to be done.
0: That's incredible. I really thank you. Thank you for that. Do you have a favorite joke?
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's a really dirty joke, so I don't think I'm going to do that one. But uh, let's Really?
0: See. Are you sure? How bad?
1: It's <laughs> I can pretty see bad. on your face that it's, it's really bad. bad. Should I do this? Okay. It's Up a fucking amazing joke.
0: Okay. Let's hear it.
1: All right. Okay. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll tell you.
0: <gasps> what happened to I'm a soldier. I do. It needs to be done.
1: <laughs> um, my wife's going to be so mad at me.
0: Okay. Tell me about this. Aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So all the basics, what is something that you can't go a day without?
1: I'm I'm tempted to say Athletic Greens because they're awesome and a sponsor of my podcast, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that. Moving my body, exercising in some way. Mm -hmm. I have to go a day without it occasionally, and it it's not good. You know, it it it, my mental health. It's a big part of my mental health regimen. Is like, and and on days when I can't work out, just like I got to get outside and move in some way or another.
0: Yeah, totally. Are you a runner?
1: I usually M, My knee is getting worse as I, mm. I, I had a bad knee injury a long time ago. And so as mm-hmm. I get older, so now, yeah, but like after a mile and a half, it really hurts. So I'm just, I do a lot of like hit workouts and stuff like that. Oh, um, that's
0: fun. Yeah. Are you a runner? No.
1: <laughs> no. Okay.
0: <laughs> I do yoga.
1: <laughs> that, see, that's good for you.
0: I love yoga. I love yoga because of the, it's physical, but it's, I mostly do it for the mental health benefits, honestly.
1: Like when you do yoga, like how mm-hmm. long is a session?
0: 18 to 20 minutes.
1: Okay. See, that makes sense. I've tried to do it and I and I can do it sometimes, but I tried to do the thing where I was like, well, I think yoga is like half hour, hour. Oh, and that yeah. turned me off early on in it because I was like, I can't even go an hour without checking my phone. You know? I, I <laughs> so. yes,
0: I know. And so the way that I started doing yoga was actually during the pandemic, I used an app where you pick how much time you do it for, and it mm. goes as low as three minutes. And oh, okay. so I started by doing like three minutes a day, then I moved it up to five. Then my brain was like, Okay, you did five.
1: What's three minutes of yoga. It's like a hamstring Just, stretch. Like
0: just a nice stretch, some breathing, and then good job. You did yoga. And I was like, thanks app. I did yoga. And then now <laughs> after a couple years, I've worked up to 18 to 20 almost every day. And then I will keep going beyond that. But I really think my brain was also turned off because it was like, well, I don't want to be alone with my own thoughts for 45 minutes straight. What is that about?
1: Well, that makes sense. I want to get, I want to get better at yoga. So maybe this will okay. prompt you.
0: I'll send you the app.
1: Uh, that'd be it's great. Maybe we should call it out and they could become a sponsor. of it.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's called yoga. It used to be called down dog, which I thought was adorable. It's called yoga. <laughs> the app, the, the logo is still a dog, which is nice.
1: All right. Well, yoga, yoga, you get, get at in me. touch with Alexis. <laughs> exactly. She's doing some good work for you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What three words would your closest friends and family use to describe you?
1: Here's what I would say to this. Actually, the three things that are sort of our, my wife and I, what we've created is sort of our family motto, which I Ooh. think, which I think also would be.
0: I love. Yeah. That's what great.
1: People would say about the way we do things. I'm not sure this would have always, I, I know this is not always what my family would have said about me, but, you know, after like therapy, a lot of yeah. it a few years ago, I think this is where we are, which is, and this is like, on the way to baseball and like as my daughter gets older we'll hmm. indoctrinate her into this like on the way to anything i can turn to my son and say what are the three things and oh. he'll say try hard never quit have fun mm. you said three words and i give you three little phrases
0: they're still great that's perfect you really can't do this show wrong jason i oh, just good. i want you to let go oh. it's you can't do it wrong you're doing okay, it perfectly good. oh that's fantastic so you can't
1: do it wrong but you can do it perfectly. That's correct. That's what I'll aim And for.
0: those two things can be true. Okay, it's good. Because my show. Okay, good. Then <laughs> I get to decide. All right. Was it don't quit or never quit?
1: Try hard, never quit. You can say don't quit. That's fine okay. too. Try, Try hard, hard never, never quit, quit, have fun. Have fun. And like a big dad moment for me mm. was not too long ago, we were on our way to like, I don't remember if it was like a basketball practice or a baseball, but we were on, on our way to some sports thing for True, yeah. my son. And he's in the backseat of my pickup truck and he goes, dad, I figured something out. And I'm like, what is it? And he goes, I figured out why the three things are in the order they're in. And I'm oh. like, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, because when I try hard and I don't quit, I have fun. Ooh. And I was like- That's right, buddy. And I thought, okay, well, this part of fatherhood I got right. Yeah, Yeah. huge
0: check on that. Where did those three things come from?
1: I think my wife and I kind of just like got to those three things ourselves. But I think for me, they came from my parents. I can remember my dad showing me, going back to talking about George Brett again, I guess. You know, like when we would go to Royals games, I remember my dad wouldn't show me like, look how far George Brett hits the ball. Hmm. He would be like, hey, watch when George Brett grounds out, how he still runs as hard as he can to the wow, base. Wow. That's and he'd be so like, important.
0: That see how George
1: Brett is smiling. And he's, yep. and so I think one of the things that my parents taught me growing up was that you get out of life what you put into it. And yeah. the more you put in, the more you get out. And and so I, I tell my son all the time, I'm like, look, I'm not teaching you baseball. I'm using baseball to teach you what kind of man I want you to be. And and it's, it's somebody who tries hard, doesn't quit, and as a result has fun and It took me, and this is obviously what the book is about. It took me a long time to get back to that place where I Mm. was before I deployed to Afghanistan. But I feel like I'm there now and it's, you know, way more fun.
0: Wow. That's, I mean, put that on a needle point. You really know how to say stuff in a way that (laughs) sounds great, Jason. I see why you're out there writing books.
1: A needle point or maybe I got maybe I got a new pinned tweet. Oh new
0: yes. Oh we love a pinned tweet.
1: <laughs> yes. It's 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 the new needle point.
0: Okay, so I really like that a lot. I of course relate to it a lot, at least in the sense that to me often failure means just not doing the thing versus Failing at the thing.
1: Mm, let's unpack that a little.
0: I would so much rather try something and do it, do a quote, a bad job at it than not do it at all. Yeah, right on. I love those three things. My dad actually reminded me of how much not quitting is a part of our family legacy as well. There's a poem that he sent me literally yesterday on this Hmm. topic about not quitting and how important that is. So I think that that's definitely something that dads really like to tell you not to quit, I guess, is the summary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny about it for me is like the best decision I ever made was to quit something.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so fascinating. Yes.
1: It is like my philosophy, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but like I stopped doing a thing that wasn't working for me and my family. So I, you know, I still haven't worked through how that fits into the three things, but I'll figure it out.
0: I mean, I think it's a really interesting juxtaposition. I've definitely stepped away from things and like let things go. But I think that that can be different. That's different than like quitting.
1: Yeah. My wife says she she says you didn't quit something. She's like you stopped running for office, but you didn't quit like trying to make the world better.
0: Ugh. your wife sounds like an amazing person. Yeah, like everything I've ever heard great. about her and read from her in the book. I'm just like, Diana Kander, kind of incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, your plan to get her on the podcast by first having yeah. to go through the chore of having me, like it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's working and uh, I will put in a good word.
0: Thank you. If you could, that would be much appreciated. You bet. What's your most childlike trait? So something about you that most resembles that of a child.
1: Other than the fact that I'm on basically a little league team at the age of 41, yes, uh, yes, sir. Let's see. That's correct. I love to jump up and down. <laughs> like, is there anything better, right? I mean, what so my neighbor has a trampoline? Oh, um, okay. And so, my kids, yeah. my kids, you know, love the trampoline, but so do I. I love that. And like, there's a trampoline park near here. Every time I go to the trampoline park for like a kid's birthday party or yeah. something, my wife has to be like, Look, let's review. <laughs> You sometimes have lower back issues. And when you have your lower back go out, I get stuck doing everything for like oh a week. God. Oh She's my like, God. She's like, so if you're going to jump, please go through a full stretching routine. Oh my Please God. take this Advil with you. Because like, there's nothing better than like, I love a good trampoline. I love a good bouncy house. It's just the best.
0: So is a trampoline park... A room with a bunch of trampolines in it.
1: Oh, right. You are from the East Coast.
0: Yes. I don't know what a trampoline park is.
1: A trampoline park is an indoor place the size of roughly like a Costco. And it is just fields of trampolines.
0: Are you serious?
1: Oh, it's unbelievable that like, sounds so fun it's the greatest one section will be like a trampoline and then over top of it will be like a, a jousting you know like a pugil stick station and the kids wear little helmets and they there's like a, a dodgeball section where there's trampolines on either side and you're jumping oh up and down Oh my god! Yeah, and th- but then there's like these foam balls and you can throw them at each other no it's amazing like,
0: that sounds so fun I yeah. also love trampolines okay so this is by the way one of my favorite answers ever to this question so thank, thank, you. thank you for that but when you first said I love jumping up and down I thought you just, you just meant like normally me yes like jumping I, and down. I really
1: like that too and I, mean, I was I,
0: like yeah because I was thinking well maybe it's like when you get really excited about something
1: that also is true and I have so my daughter is almost two and her name is Bella And Mm -hmm. she loves to jump up and down. We get like on the couch and we'll jump up and down together. And she says, bounce, bounce, bounce. And uh, that's pretty great too. (laughs) So, yeah, when I get excited, (laughs) I I jump up and down.
0: That's great. Oh God, never lose that. That's such a great quality.
1: That I got to keep my knees in shape so I can keep, keep those, doing so that. So that you
0: can keep jumping up and down. Let that be the motivation for the stretching Yeah, when regimen. I'm like
1: 65 and I go in for my knee replacement and the doctor will be like, okay, so what sort of thing are you looking to return mm-hmm. to? And I'll yeah. be jumping up and down Look, with Look, there's this
0: trampoline park, there's a yeah. jousting station, I got to <laughs> get back there. Right. Did your family do anything growing up that at the time you thought was normal and then later realized was extremely weird?
1: Yeah. All the groomsmen at my wedding were my unofficial foster brothers. Really? Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if it's weird, but it's definitely different. Unusual. Yeah. So my parents were juvenile probation officers and then my dad Mm -hmm. uh, was also a cop. So Mm -hmm. they met as juvenile probation officers. They, it was just like very normal to them to take kids in whose families were struggling and that kind of thing. So My younger brother and I, our best friends, when their families would like go through difficulties or whatever, Mm -hmm. those guys would move into our house. My parents weren't like, okay, we're thinking of, you know, having Justin or Mel move in. It was just like, there's another spot at the dinner table. It was great because all my best friends, it was like a slumber party every night. So I grew up, I have all these brothers. And yeah, so I thought that was Totally normal. Like, you know, vacations, uh, my buddies yeah. were there and went to college with one of my unofficial foster brothers. We were roommates.
0: That's amazing. Oh my God. That's such a beautiful thing that your parents did. And it's great that that also resulted in lifelong friendships.
1: It's pretty special, but, but yeah, pretty different, pretty unique.
0: The people who've known you the longest, do you think that they know you the best?
1: Yes, uh, for sure. Because they've known me through different versions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so there was a long period there where 11 years, right. Undiagnosed, untreated PTSD, Mm -hmm. where I was not, I was not myself. Right. And so the people who knew me prior to the deployment were very important in helping me see what I could get back to and, and reminding me of like what I used to be like. Hmm. So, yeah, so it's interesting. But on the other hand, like, there are people who have only known me since the deployment who I'm very close to. But but yeah, I, yeah, I think like my wife, she referred, we've been together since we were 17. She right. refers to the last few years as her second marriage mm. because she's now gotten to be married to the guy that she met, Yeah, which is not the guy she's been married. She was married to for about 11 years. So
0: yes. Oh my God. Wow. Your story is, it's really incredible and I'm breaking my own rule because technically you wrote a book and that's technically work, but it really is just incredible and I highly recommend uh, it. Yeah, you know. But again, it's my podcast. Uh, I, I can do whatever it. I want. <laughs> do you have any truly useless talents? Like truly useless,
1: but you're good at it. Yes. I see. Hang on. Let me grab a ball. Hang on Okay. Okay, I usually do this with a baseball. Okay. So we'll see how it works. There's a tennis ball up here, which is weird because we don't okay. play tennis. I think it's the dog's ball.
0: Okay, so Jason is holding the tennis ball and, oh my God, I'm bouncing it off his bicep and his elbow and behind his back. Wow. Wow. Okay. I have a lot of questions. That That was amazing. Why and how can you successfully bounce a tennis ball off the palm of your hand, off your bicep, off your elbow, and then behind your back?
1: Because I grew up before the internet and, (laughs) and sometimes like if my friends were not home and all I wanted to do was play baseball all the time and I would go out in the front yard. And after a while you get bored with just throwing yourself pop-ups over and over again. And you're like, what weird shit can I do with a baseball? Wow! And it turns out I can do that.
0: That's amazing. And I mean this in like a kind and supportive way, truly useless. Like that was a perfect, truly useless talent.
1: A hundred percent. Like it's, it's barely a party trick.
0: It's flawless. Honestly, yeah. my example that I give my guests is that I can do a perfect Yoshi voice.
1: Oh, really? I want to hear it.
0: Okay. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs>
1: Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing.
0: And again, truly useless.
1: (laughs) Okay, we're doing voices. My kids think I do a really good Kermit the Frog.
0: Really? Okay, I want to hear it.
1: (laughs) This is Sesame Street Kermit the Frog when he, I don't know if you recall, he was occasionally a correspondent on... Oh, yes. Okay. Kermit the Frog here with the local news break.
0: Oh my God. Jason, that was perfect.
1: Uh, It's pretty good, but thank you.
0: If they need a guy to do Kermit, <laughs> I feel like they could call you.
1: Well, if they need a guy to do Kermit saying that sentence.
0: That exact sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah, after that, it gets pretty shaky.
0: I know. That is like me with some of my accents. I can, a couple sentences, I've really got you, and then after that, ooh, we go downhill fast.
1: Yeah, the only accent I can do well is country, because of where I'm from, but oh, sure. after that, it's just, my wife jokes that every accent with me just becomes Asian, because oh, uh, well, I can God. do Russian, because I married in. Like a Ukrainian family, but oh, yeah, she has all sorts of stories of like in the past when I would tell her I, I met somebody and it'd be like a Haitian person or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've now learned also because like you shouldn't do this anyway. But when right. I was much younger, I used to, you know, like 15 20 years ago, I would like tell her the story of meeting the person, and in the story, I would try to do their accent. And finally, oh, sure. before we all knew, like, don't do that, yeah, I yeah, yeah. stopped doing it because my wife was like. Every time you tell me a story, I think you met an Asian person. Like, you can't oh do God. accents. And so, yeah.
0: Unless one day you meet Kermit the Frog.
1: Yeah. If I ever meet Kermit the Frog and he tells me the news, then I'll and be able to accurately describe what happened in character.
0: That's perfect. I hope that that happens for you. You know, <laughs> But you. hey, it ain't easy being green.
1: No. And it it would be kind of a big deal if...
0: It would be kind of a huge deal yeah. if you met Kermit the Frog, He's right? just like
1: walking down the street in Kansas City.
0: That would be amazing. I would like to meet Miss Piggy. If I could pick really? one of them. Yeah. And I get it. I know that she's not like the most likable one, but to I, yeah. me, she's like the most iconic.
1: Definitely the most iconic. I never uh, connected with her. You know what I mean?
0: I wouldn't say that she and I would have a long lasting, like deep, meaningful friendship necessarily, but I appreciate what she's done.
1: Who is your favorite Muppet? I mean, that's really the important question we're angling toward here. Is it is it Miss Piggy?
0: Does Big Bird count as a Muppet?
1: Why not? I mean...
0: He's Muppet adjacent, but he's not a puppet technically, right? Isn't... Because a Muppet is a puppet.
1: I mean, Big Bird's pretty great. I think it's a fine choice.
0: I think that it would be Big Bird. He's like pretty dependable. He's charismatic bird. Teaches you stuff.
1: Look... I think it's a solid choice. I don't think you need what, who, to defend it. Do you it. have
0: an answer to that question? Who your favorite Muppet is?
1: It's a lesser known. It's more of a deep cut, oh but my God. it's probably Pepe, the King Prawn, um, which is more oh, of the, the more recent movies. You know, in mm-hmm. Muppets from Space, there's a tremendous line. This egg comes down because it's uh, Gonzo's alien relatives have come to find him. And oh, this okay. Egg, this egg descends down and like in the climax of the movie, and it's about to open up, and everybody's like unimpressed. And Pepe is, I'm not going to do the accent, but Pepe's like, hang on, it could be filled with chocolate. And he's like, let's let's not judge.
0: I love that.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I think Pepe. Wow, what
0: a great outlook on life.
1: Yeah. Although lately, I'm really in, thanks to all the Elmo Rocco memes out there, I'm pretty into Zoe, mm. you know? Okay. New, new oh, You gotta yes. check those out.
0: That's true. I think that Zoe's pretty great. I liked those memes as well.
1: I'm such a dad. Like, my whole life is like...
0: It's a strong dad vibe, but it's a dad who's on Twitter, you know? Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. It's a Twitter dad. That's right.
0: (laughs) Jason, who would play you in a movie? Hmm. And if we were to make this movie, which chapter of your life should we focus in on?
1: Well, I mean, at the risk of sounding somewhat serious, uh, I'll take the question in reverse order, which is... You haven't gotten to this part of the book yet, but...
0: Okay, spoiler alert for the second half of Jason's book.
1: Sorry. In the last 10 months, I kind of stumbled into doing a lot of helping evacuate Afghan allies out of Afghanistan, and it's mm. been kind of nuts. And so I would say that'd be the part of my life, and I'd be a supporting character uh, only, but I would say that just because like, that's the part of my life where people have reached out to me and been like, we'd like to make a movie about this part.
0: Oh, interesting. Is that with the Afghan Rescue Project? Yeah. Okay.
1: And so I assume it'd be something like that. And then I think in truth, if you're gonna go with somebody who like really looks like me, you'd have to resurrect the guy who played Blossom's brother Tony. Not the one that everybody thought was a sex symbol, the whoa guy. Not Joey Lawrence, the other guy. Yeah, you know, we see you're younger than me there was a show called blossom me and Bialik, who you now- in the know, 90s in the 90s yeah the okay. 90s which was before the 2000s but after the 80s it was like that's, 20 years oh, before you were born that's when it was yeah. i'm
0: always like wait it which was, one i don't know is how old it? you
1: are but i know you're young, younger than me by uh, by a decent <laughs> amount um, anyway so there was a rather large-nosed red-headed guy in reality probably that guy would come out of retirement and have to play me up. but okay. what i would Hope is... So Jason Sudeikis is a good friend. He's a Kansas City guy.
0: Oh, my God. Jason Sudeikis would be a perfect fit. Yeah,
1: and he knows me well, and we have, you know, a similar uh, dialect and everything. It wouldn't be a stretch. So... I'd like to think it was like Sadakis or maybe another yeah. Kansas City guy, Rob Riggle, who's a Marine and an Afghanistan mm-hmm. veteran, maybe.
0: That's right. But he's
1: a bigger guy than me, so.
0: But I think we can take some artistic liberties with the
1: film. Chris Evans. We're taking some artistic liberties, yeah. <laughs> so way, Captain America, will play him. I mean,
0: would probably do great. I feel like he could get your vibe down. Yeah. He could bounce up and down. Look,
1: he's going to have to bulk up first. <laughs>
0: That's right. I, but we'll put him through an extensive training program, like a full boot camp, make sure that he really gets buff. Finally, we've all been waiting for Chris Evans to put on some muscle.
1: Captain America is going to need to become Major America, and uh, and then, <laughs> then we'll talk.
0: That was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That'd be the name of the movie. Yeah. Major America. <laughs> the rank
1: I never got to. Uh, major. Yes, yeah, that, perfect. I mean,
0: there's something poetic about yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's nice. I like that a lot. Okay. Honestly, I'll make this movie. I'm ready. Deal.
1: Oh, now that Chris <laughs> Evans is involved, you'll you'll make the movie. Well, thank you. I
0: mean, it doesn't hurt to yeah. have Chris Evans involved. I'm excited about the other choices for other reasons. Right, Everybody, well, is, this is a great idea.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, I a lot. We'll get in touch with these people.
0: Yes. Thank you. Okay. Jason, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Betts Recruiting. Grab your popcorn and put your phones on silent because we're just getting started with our summer bets blockbuster. The return of bets recruiting, two bets, two furious. Tagline, this time, all bets are on. If your professional life right now was a movie, what kind of character arc would we be working with? Are you struggling to find the one? And by that I mean the perfect go-to market hire. Do you need to take off your glasses and let your hair down in order for the world to see what your resume really has to offer, or are you simply in search of adventure, curious about the career paths less traveled? Whatever your movie arc, Bets Recruiting is ready to be your best supporting actor—or should I say, <laughs> your Bets supporting actor? I shouldn't, but I did. If you're hiring go-to market talent, or you are go-to market talent, check out BetsRecruiting.com/non-technical. And we're back with Jason Kander, president of National Expansion at Veterans Community Project and the host of the Majority 54 podcast, as well as the author of Invisible Storm, Jason Kander. We've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical.
1: Oh, oh yes. Okay.
0: We have. We've arrived at the lightning round. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Great reaction. Thank- Are you ready?
1: Thank you. I'm, I am I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. Okay.
0: Coffee or tea?
1: Tea. No, I've had... Four really? cups of coffee in my life.
0: In your whole life?
1: hmm And I cut out caffeine a few years ago.
0: I'm blown away by this.
1: Yeah, I'll have decaffeinated tea occasionally to be, uh, like, friendly when that's what you got to do, like, in yeah. a social situation. But, you know, I married into this Ukrainian refugee family all those years ago, and every uh, meal was like, do you 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 want some tea? And for years I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of caffeine. And now caffeine makes me anxious. So coffee sometimes smells great to me, but I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "No, I don't need to, I'm 41. I don't need to start this. I think I've said I'm 41, like 15 times during your show.
0: I know you're 41, but I support you. Are you trying to convince yourself?
1: I guess I'm still amazed at the fact that I am.
0: Like, I don't do this every day. I I'm
1: not just walk around. Me. Hi, I'm 41. Hi,
0: I'm Jason Kander. I'm 41. Yeah.
1: Jason I feel like Kander, 41. I sound like like my son who's like, I'm eight and a half. And he'll tell you all the time. Like, I'm like, I'm 41 and a half. I, which I'm not. Uh, but
0: No, you're 41. I'm
1: just 41. If I was 41 and a half, I would have told you. Obviously. You would have
0: told me. I love it. Do you have a favorite board game?
1: I think my favorite board game is Monopoly even though okay. I'm not I wouldn't naturally enjoy Monopoly but my son has discovered Monopoly and he just that's awesome loves to take my money and uh he thinks it's do you class. let him win my rule is he doesn't know this but I will let him win but not every time like every third time you know yeah. you got to put him in his place so like yep. the third time through what I'll do is I'll just be like hey you want to make a trade and the game will be over in like 30 minutes because and then I can be like man, you made some bad choices.
0: Oh my God. That's great. That's perfect. (laughs) I think that that's a great strategy because you don't want him to develop a complex where he's like, I'm amazing at Monopoly and then plays with other people and gets his butt handed to him.
1: We have sort of an arrangement, he and I, where whenever we do anything (laughs) together, like if we play basketball against each other, if we, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. he gets to tell me beforehand what percentage effort he wants me to give.
0: Oh, that's perfect.
1: Yeah. Cause it helps him understand like, look, I'm bigger than you. I'm, you know, everything yep. you don't have to be as good, but you tell me what level. And then every once in a while for fun, he'd be like, dad, give a hundred percent. And then oh, he loves great. that because then like, I just, you know, like if we're playing basketball in the front yard, he plays on an eight foot hoop. So it's like, I steal the ball and I dunk it in his face. And then I'm like, oh, you know, and and he'll (laughs) laugh really hard. And then he's like, all right, go back to 50%. I'm like, okay. I I
0: love that. God, it really sounds like you guys have such a nice relationship. That's so sweet. I
1: love being a dad. It's the best.
0: Oh, Jason Kander loves being a dad. That's very sweet. Jason Kander, 41, loves being a dad. (laughs) Have you ever read a book twice?
1: Yes. Which book? There's a book I've read several times called Once an Eagle by a guy named Anton Meyer. And uh, Mm. once an eagle, Anton Meyer was a uh, World War II veteran. He was a Marine in the Pacific. And the book was assigned to us when I was going through officer training. And it is just a a very realistic book about combat. So for several years, I didn't read it. But what it is, more importantly, is just like an exceptional book about leadership because he's a mm-hmm. it's just a really really good book because there's sort of two main characters in the book that you follow one is the main character sam damon who kind of goes about leadership in the way you would want any leader to go about it like he mm-hmm. you know he's through the door first etc and then the other is a guy named courtney massingale who's much more of like a, the politician like he's he climbs the ranks mm-hmm. much faster but he's the guy who like he gets to know the right generals and he you know oh, yeah. and so it's really yeah. a book about these two kinds of leadership and one hmm. being toxic and one not.
0: Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. And you said you read that another you've read that several times since?
1: I've read it several times. Yeah.
0: Mm. Jason, do you have a pump-up song?
1: Yes. What yes, is it? I have I have a couple. My son and I before his games, baseball games and before my baseball games, it's this super cliché song which actually our friends uh, Joe and Mike hate and make so much fun of me for. Oh, I'm for. so ready. Uh, it's called Center Field by John Fogerty. Okay. You'll know the song because... Did you ever see Bull Durham? No. Okay, well, Bull Durham, iconic <laughs> baseball movie. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. The central, like, montage scene in the movie is set to center field and you've heard oh, this like if okay. you've ever been to a baseball game you've heard the song but like the lyrics okay. are ridiculous they make no sense it's so okay. joe and mike give me and i actually tried to get mike you know cuz he had said uh he did that thing where if you buy the book he'll write whatever in the inscription oh, yeah and and he did this with like 2500 books and literally mine was the only one he refused to write what i asked are you serious? To write. and he did it here in Kansas City i brought lunch To him while he was writing them and he refused to write Center Field is a great song. Actually Center Field is a great song and your your holiday draft strategy is impeccable. And he was like, I can't write this
0: He's a man of principle.
1: So that is a great, very cliche song that I uh, I love. And I'm, I'm sure there are others. There's like, you know, Eminem's, whatever that, what's that song. Yeah. I mean, like, but you know, that's not that u- original.
0: Do you know why that song holds a special place in my heart? The first startup I worked for, our CEO would insist on playing that at the office before big meetings.
1: That's pretty, uh, yep. That's pretty bro
0: that is what that is. Yep. Yeah. It was a time. It was, woo! Yeah. It was a time. That song is definitely in my body and my brain for the rest of my life. So this was
1: kind of triggering for you. Right? It's yes. good that I didn't like go into the song. So. That's
0: true. <laughs> Though I know every word, yeah, obviously. I'm sure, yeah. Okay. So this is my final question for you. Usually, what I ask guests is what would you title your memoir? <laughs> But (laughs) you just published a memoir with the title Invisible Storm. So I would assume that that is what you would title this hypothetical memoir. So instead, let me ask, what should we call that movie that we're going to make about Mm. your life?
1: To me, that movie would be about... One of the people who got out of Afghanistan, that I'm a supporting oh, character. And so, in my yes. mind, there's going to be a bunch because what happened and has continued to happen in the wake of the Afghanistan evacuation or in the wake of the withdrawal, the evacuation that's happened mm-hmm, since, mm-hmm. there's going to be a bunch of white savior movies, right? There's going to be a yes, bunch of yes, movies yes, where, yes, like, yes. I think probably Channing Tatum plays like yeah. a special forces person who goes in and, yep. you know, what. I want to see is the movie that is about the heroes of the story, which are the Afghan allies who come hell or high water, got themselves and their family out of that country after the military had left with Mm -hmm. help from people like me, but did it themselves. And I would want that movie to actually look. It's a great story. I'll tell you the story. The short version is in this case, what we did is in order to throw off the Taliban who were looking for these 400 people that were the first group we evacuated we held a four-day wedding in mazar sharif Afghanistan, a what? fake wedding. Yeah. So as a result, the Afghans, all of these families who didn't actually know each other, but they were all being hunted for, they had to, as a cover during the day, party and pretend they were at a wedding for four days oh until we could get the airplane lined up to bus them to the airport, stick them on the airplane and fly them out. And, uh, which we eventually did. And on the last day, And I haven't actually said this part publicly anywhere, including in the book. Mm -hmm. On the last day, the Taliban crashed the wedding and they (gasps) didn't realize that these were the people they were looking for. So they ate some of the food, they danced and they left. (gasps) Yeah, as my translator's cousin put it to me, who was there, he said, Jason, we were in much tension.
0: (laughs) Oh, my, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think it would be called like the wedding party.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I oh want the emphasis God. to be on these people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because they're
1: heroes and they're they're coming to the United States and there's thousands of them, not just the people we help, but thousands upon thousands. Mm-hmm. And you're going to meet these people. They're going to be your Uber driver at first. They're going to be your barista, whatever. Eventually, they're going to run their own businesses. These are incredibly industrious people. But in the first few years, that's what they're going to be. And I would really like to be a part of telling a story that helps people understand that that person that they're meeting in passing is an absolute fucking hero. Don't just treat them as, an, as another person serving you, you know? So 100%. I didn't mean to get all meaningful there.
0: No, <laughs> sorry to be earnest. No, I love yeah, it. Yeah, God, so... that is so incredible.
1: But it was oh low on the whimsical utility matrix is, is the thing.
0: But it was high whimsy, actually. I think that that's like, a, that's like an incredibly empowering story. And I think that... Ultimately, when Chris Evans plays Jason Kander, it's going to make it just that much sweeter.
1: Yeah, we got to We got to find somebody who got evacuated from Afghanistan. No joke. Like, I want to find an actor, if we ever do this, uh, who was one of the, like, people from the theater world who was evacuated from Afghanistan to play the main character. Oh, my
0: God. Oh my God, that sounds great. I'm going to be first in line at the theater for that one. Can I come to the premiere? Can I just ask now? I just want to reserve my spot at the premiere now. Well,
1: I'm flattered that you think I will in any way be in charge of that. But yeah, sure. Absolutely. You can pull,
0: I think that you'll be able to pull a string. I don't think you'll be in charge of the premiere guest list, but I think that you could pull a string. I should be able to you get a I mean? ticket
1: or something, right? Like, I mean, hopefully I'm going. <laughs> uh, we'll see.
0: We'll see if Chris Evans gets a plus one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, Jason, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for oh. coming on Non-Technical.
1: Thank you. It was a blast for me, too.
0: This was great. And where can people find out more about you?
1: Well, they can go to JasonKander.com. <laughs> they can uh, yep. follow me on Twitter and Instagram, which is at Jason Kander. And they can get Invisible Storm, A Soldier's Memoir of Politics and PTSD, wherever they get books. But you can specifically go to InvisibleStormBook.com. All of the my royalties from the book go to Fight Veteran Suicide and Veteran Homelessness yep. at Veterans Community Project, which you can find yes. at VCP.org.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And again, I'm halfway through the book and truly loving it. It's become my go to Subway book and I'm really enjoying it. And Jason, you have, you you wouldn't think it from the title, but there are moments of like true levity and humor and joy throughout it. And I'm really in particular loving that. Oh,
1: thanks. Yeah. I figure if you're going to tell people a story about post-traumatic stress, you got to give them a few opportunities to laugh.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. And you, you nail it. I think it's great. And you can find me at yayalexisgay on Twitter and Instagram, or at nontechnicalpod on Twitter. One more time, Jason. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it.
1: This was a blast. Thank you. Awesome.
0: I'll talk to you soon. Bye.